Please. Okay. Previously last week, you, the party, the people, the heroes, moved north to Fort Bill Rulian to collect taxes for Liara when things got a little out of hand. Leopold II was farming rubber and being generally all-around evil, and so the party dispatched him, the foul warlock, and returned to the fort and received a charter of exploration. Now, as you all sit in the comfortable furnishings of Fort Belrulium, Liara turns just as you receive your charter and says just one more thing. I have a, a couple of people that I think might interest you joining your expedition. This is Salida. She is a guide. She knows the jungles here very well. I believe that she'd be a great asset to you and accompanying you on your journey. Also, I have this individual who might provide a added layer of security. Uh, Lair, would you please introduce your character and, uh, and tell us what the rest of the party sees as you stand up from the table? You see Orn. They, uh appear to be a human of fair skin and complexion, though they do not possess any hair. And, upon looking into their eyes, one can see a soft, illuminating glow from behind them. It seems to be the color of violet, though. Not many would be able to tell unless they take a very close look. Om, um, these were the individuals I was speaking of. If you were to be so kind as to accompany them back... Through the jungle, I believe they're either on their way back to Port Nianzaru or deeper within the interior. Greetings, you fascinating individual. I must say, your eyes are very breathtaking. Uh, you are approached by a pale-skinned tiefling with lavender-colored eyes who has a mage hand holding a similarly lavender-colored... Uh, the name just looked my the umbrella thing. Uh, parasol. Parasol, thank you. Uh, holding a book. Greetings. It's nice to know that uh, my eyes at least see some notice these days. Uh, normally when people notice my eyes, they tend to be a little terrified. Yes, well. Uh, my horns scare some people as well. Well, then I'm sure we'll get along quite swimmingly. Indeed. I hope you remain that yours. You may call me Orn. I sadly have no last name, but... So, please, refer to me as that. Why, it's nice to see your faces. You stand uh, in front of you a uh, dragon... an MST Dragonborn artificer. You see that he has like a, a, a good set of armor that is on him, and uh, you see that he's actually uh, having like a, uh, a belt of many, many, many things. Uh, you might know that he is a merchant since he has like his backpack and all this uh, to fill up uh, his inventory with uh, uh, some kind of potion. And, uh, you know, that he's been crafting it uh, since a long time. 
stands before you and wants to shake your hand. Of course I'd shake his hand. You see the a, a firm grip uh, that you can that you can feel as he uh, he's very pleased to see you and uh, yeah, um, he seems uh, very joyful in first look. Oh my, a pleasure to make your acquaintance. It is so nice to see others take my appearance as a sign of joy rather than uh, derision and fear. Well, that... Oh, go ahead. No, please. Well, it's not like we we have uh, some uh, have some uh, companions that uh, have been falling down lately. It's nice to have uh, someone who we can we could count off if we get in trouble. Well, you can count me as one of them. I'm always happy to assist those who are my allies. Hmm. Indeed, in this uh, very high temperature, I would suggest that uh, you might find yourself an umbrella. Hmm. Normally, I save an umbrella for when it, the weather turns a bit gray, but... it What a novel idea. Perhaps I will give it a try at a time. Hmm. I figure we'll need it. A parasol is a very good addition to protect you from the sun. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's mighty fine to meet you as well. Sedina, was it? Uh, Salida, yes. Sindra? Salida. So, Salida. there are two different S names now, so you're going to have to keep them straight. The person yeah. you're being introduced to is a young woman. <laughs> She appears to be humanoid, and as she steps forward, she offers her hand. Well, if we're quite done with the introductions, I'd like to get a move on. Weather's changing, and if we could get back to Port Nianzaru before it hits, that would be ideal. Or I'm just not hoping that this uh, fucking uh, dragon turtle is at least going to suck up the gold that we given to him. We'll be staying on land so we won't have to worry about Aramang. Very foolish of you to be traveling so brazenly with treasure out on the open ocean. Hmm. Is that the, the girl that I, uh, I, um, that I gave her the Ascending Stone? So the Ascending Stone you gave to Syndra, which is the other ass name. Syndra was the individual that initially chartered your exploration into Chult to try and find the source of the death curse and end it for the good of all the forgotten realms mm-hmm. so she's like a, a wizard she's like a magic person and she teleported your party originally to Port Nianzaru and you made your way north up to Fort Belrulian where you currently are residing this individual is a person that you have not met before she is outfitted in explorer's garb you see the revealing leather to cut down on heat offers some kind of protection, but she carries the gear that you would expect from an adventurer and overall just has an air of competence about her. She also wearing Park Ranger shorts. Super short shorts, but not like, nice. yes, <laughs> not that nice, but also that, yes. Uh, I mean, gold did we had, uh, together for stealing the uh, the treasure oh that's a good question you do you that's right you found treasure and... yeah brock <laughs> has it but i don't think he split right 
No. I believe he uh, surreptitiously yeah. hid that away from, uh, yeah, uh, from Aliara. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were like trying to say to her that uh, uh, there was no treasure and we finally sent stone. And, and also, uh, apparently burned away in magical fire. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's my fault on the alchemist fire. Uh, by the way, uh, was that this a necromancy artifact that we found in, in this chest? Uh, the soulmonger? Uh, the artifact that we were supposed to seek? No, was there was no soulmonger and there was no necromantic artifact within the chest. Okay. I just wanted to be sure because I put it into my note. Alright. Shall we? I would really appreciate trying to duck some of this weather. We should get moving. Where are, where are we headed? Um, we're heading back to Port Nanzaru. Nanzaru? Okay. Yep. But we're taken by land. Why do we Why do we have to go there? Well, that's entirely up to you. Port Nanzaru may offer some resources that you might find useful. There you will be able to charter a canoe to head up one of the two rivers. I would point to the map, but unfortunately Jellybean has that, so you are going to have to take my word for it. You can either rise up the river Shoshinstar or the river Tierki. Both those are navigable by boat, and canoes are available in Port Nyanzaru if you'd like to utilize them. Otherwise, we could head directly into the jungle from here if you're so brave. Um, we have rumors of which path is the safest. No path in Chult is safe, Teridus. It is only a matter of how you would like to travel. Canoe offers you some more mobility. It'd be more or less twice as efficient and quick to move up either of those rivers. Where do we need to go? Well, I, I know we we're supposed to go to, go to Port Nyanzaru to get a canoe, but uh, what is your main destination? I am simply a guide. I cannot tell you where your destination is. That is your business. I am just here to offer you my services to try and get you where you like to go. Also, uh, Zerdos, uh, Grok has an individual that... Uh, uh, we could save for having another treasure. Should we wait on Grok, or you want to do that? What do you mean? You remember uh, Grok has um, as many like a uh, dinosaur, and uh, um, <laughs> we told him that if like we can do treasure and we and uh, we do it like uh, we get sixty percent and they uh, they get forty. Oh, that's right. Uh, should we do that when Grok is back? So at least it's kind of his quest uh, because of him. Yeah. All right. Okay. But, but the fact that we're going down the river is that we're not going to go back. That's the thing. We're going to be too far, I think. We have to come back eventually. Uh, yeah. All right. Sorry, Dara. It's it's things that happened before, uh, before you came. So just trying to... No, uh, see if if we do that first, or we go to the river. Uh, well, yeah, let's go to the river then. Stepping outside of the fort, you guys make your way past the gate. <laughs> Shuts heavily behind you, and you make your way from the safety of Fort Belrulian back 
into the jungles of Cholt. So, we have a couple of options here. You seven now have hexes? a... I'm sorry? That's seven hexes to get back to Port Nyanzar, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six or seven. Yeah, just about. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, uh, that is nine? <laughs> Wait. Wait, is it exact? No, it's not. Uh, okay. One. The hex two, grid is not set up. Four, five, six. Six, if we, if we cross the river, we need seven. Yeah. So, depending on if you roll high and you go immediately directly there, you could make it in as little as six hexes. However... I will need you all to decide who is helming at this survival check. You now have a guide, so that is an option. You can go ahead and allow her to show you the way back to Port Nyanzaru, or you could go ahead and try and navigate yourself with a bonus. I believe it's probably smarter to have the guide guide us. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Don't worry about any rivers. I do have something for that. Hmm. Oh. Well, what are you planning for? Well, if the river becomes too much, I will have to be very, very careful, but I believe a, a bit of a cast of shape water, perhaps freezing the river a little, should make traversing it uh, much easier. Ah, very intelligent. I wasn't thinking about that. Very clever. Making your way right. down the path to the ocean... You start navigating for the day towards this wonderful and well, well-traveled well path between Fort Belrulian and Port Nianzaru. The guide. Well, they, they're supposed to know the way pretty well, and there's like a path, but she seems to be in a bit of a hurry, and she... Still a little bit of gung-ho. Uh... <laughs> She rolled real uh, bad. Yeah. Okay, I think you know you don't know where it is, so I'm gonna. Uh, I'm Shut going up! To I know where I'm going. Are you sure? You're, you seems to be lost. I'm. I'm not pulling over and asking for directions. I know exactly where we are. All right. Uh, he he has guidance on on her, even though she 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 doesn't want to be touched. <laughs> okay. Okay. That that might actually save it. Okay, uh, you can roll it an extra d4. Yeah, that actually pushes it over the top. So, All right. uh, she, she like uh, steps off the bat and she thinks better of it. Ah, actually, you're right, you're right, this way. That's going to bring us to the end of day one. Uh, well, uh, wait. Uh, I, whoa, wait, what can we join? Uh, I need two gallons, right? Two gallons of water, you said? Everyone needs two gallons. Okay, I'm going to keep uh, a two gallon into a... Uh, going to make a bottle with some sand, fire, uh, uh, finger tools, or glass blower. Wait, do I have glass blower? Wait, sorry. Wait, do I have... Uh, can I make it? Yeah, I if I if I take one hour, so I'm going to uh can I roll for glass blower uh tools to make some flask? 
of two gallons. Hmm. A two-gallon jug, huh? Yeah. Sure, go ahead and make a survival check. Since you're out in the middle of the jungle and glass, I think you need to heat to... I think it's a few thousand degrees. I think it's like three or four thousand degrees, too. So you go ahead and build a makeshift furnace, uh, get a crucible, right. and start making some glass. All right. And I can add my proficiency with it. All right. And let me cast a D4. Do we each need Ooh, a two that's a 21. That's a 21 in total. So, Orem, yes. you feel very thirsty. As you've been traveling through the jungle all day, you do not have a lovely parasol, which immediately strikes you as, like, a wonderful piece of survival equipment now, and classy. You are offered oh. two gallons of water by Teridus, if I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, I will have a drink. Oh. Yeah, you feel yourself rejuvenated if you do and... not have... Actually, what I was going to do is I was going to use shape water and actually make a parasol from the water. <laughs> so you do get additional protection from the heat. The sun, when it's poking through the clouds, does not burn you. And you have a lovely reservoir of water just uh, kind of hovering above you all day. Also protecting you from the rain, the occasional downpours. Yes, you. Um, as long as you have your supply of water, you have a parasol, and you also have... You do not need to make a constitution check every day to see whether or not you get exhausted. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's what all this will do for today. And uh, I put uh, some water from the alchemy jug that is fresh water, so... Uh, Zerdos, you get fresh water. There it is, get fresh water, and there it gets fresh water. And also, I'm gonna put a, if I'm gonna put my flask of two gallons and put in the rest of the gal, uh, the two gallons left into that bottle. How does that sound? Sounds good. You go ahead, make a flask, put some water in the flask. Yeah, uh, it will be it will be my last resource that I can put from uh, the alchemy jug for the day. Uh, we need to roll for. Anything else? I'm rolling for other stuff. All right. So, you travel through the day and at night when the sun starts going down. Do you all continue to push on towards Port Nianzaru or do you camp out for the night? Mm, probably camp. Okay, we can rest and uh, take a rest, I guess. All right. You guys set up camp and going to sleep. Start to drift off and the sounds of the jungle overwhelm and take over. And the jungle during the day, it's, there's quite a bit of life, but at night it explodes with sound. I don't think we want to, we want to be discreet. So we don't want any trouble. I'll try, I'll try to keep it low, I guess. Probably no fires, it'll draw bugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can make, I can make, I can make a other, uh, do I have any resources though? Give me a sec. Oh. Uh, uh, is the sun starting to go down? 
So you look up and there's just these continual rolling puffy clouds and it goes from like this pretty bright green gray just to all of a sudden it's dark now. I can probably use shape earth to create a hut. Nothing major, but just like something small. Would that be possible? You go ahead and put about and before everyone starts putting down their bedding. Yeah, you mold the earth and you create it's nothing that, it's not like a luxury hotel, but it does offer some more security, like you are not able to be seen, just obviously, in the middle of this small clearing. So you're able to give yourself a little bit of cover. Oh, efficacious. Hey, it's raining. And just as the hut goes up, there is this steady rain that starts to come down. So you're all very grateful to duck inside of the of the newly created hut. Nice. All right. And you pass the night. Nothing happens. No, no nocturnal visitors. You wake the next day, and already outside inside of the rain is Salida. She is kind of waiting for the rest of you to get up impatiently. One moment. I'm going to check Grok for the disgusting things in his throat. Yeah, you look at Grok and most of his mouth, like you open his mouth and inside of the gums uh, all the way down his throat there's just a riddling Cthulhu-like mass of tentacles. Uh. God. It just keeps getting worse. Ugh. What get worse? What what wrong? The leeches. Also, Grok feel like he has Lugian throat that he can't get out. Hey, <laughs> uh. yeah, you start moving yeah, back. I have- Lesser restoration, can that cure? That's a good question. One disease or one condition afflicting it. Let me look Please at throat leeches. Gone, leeches. Throat yeah, leeches. Okay. <laughs> that is a disease, though. Are, are parasites a disease? I mean, I don't like to call dehumanized leeches like that, you know, personally. What the curse? An infection? Parasites? I think it's an infection. Maybe? I'm not sure what happens, what the terminology is when you get parasites. Is an infestation? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think it is an infection. I think it is considered an infection. Yeah. The successful save throw reduces the infected creature. Okay, so it is considered to be a disease. Recovers from the disease. So if you cast lesser lesser restoration, it will cure Grok's throat leeches. Yay. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, he eats something in the tavern and he got leeches. Don't don't ever eat something in the tavern. It will get you like things. It wasn't in the tavern. I think it was just the random water that you drink. Ah. So you cast Lesser Restoration, and he just doubles over onto his knees. 
There's just a stream of black wiggling vomit that comes out of him for a few minutes. But he's cured. And, yeah, okay. If you're all quite finished, let's get on the move, shall we? Salita starts marching forward once again. Guidance. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm gonna have to oh, roll that d4 this time. She's rolling so bad. Okay, she's rolling that one. Almost. <laughs> a, a two. <laughs> Whoopsie. Wow, where are my d4s? They are so gone. The fuck happened with your mic? He's far away. Okay. Looking for his d4s. <laughs> I hope you get a four. Because I know the survival bonus from that. Lunch. Jeez, okay, I found a d4. Jesus. Uh, Jesus! Okay. Okay, wow, that... Yeah, as soon as you reach out, she's like, Don't touch me! Um, and then the guidance actually pushes it over the top again. It's this way. My God. I'm saving that that guide for being too fucking bad. She is rolling real bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. No I encounter? Kill. No encounter? Let's go. So I, I the morning... I know where I'm going. I don't need your help, Teradis, and I'll thank you to keep your hands to yourself. And it's about this time, about mid-morning, getting getting almost to noontime. You guys hear a shh-shh-shh. A little rustling in the bushes. Oh, we're down. Shh-shh-shh. Yourself. You're a twig snap in the distance. Okay, Twingo. You can come up now. No response. Okay. Well, thankfully, I have one free use of Detect Thoughts. <laughs> Spells and action, you focus your mind on anyone. Oh, I guess we can't see the creature, so never mind. Hmm, I guess. You reach out with your mind, and just for a split second, you see something rustle in the bushes, and you pinpoint it, and you make contact, and each of your minds feel each other. You feel these thoughts. Possibilities. Unlimited possibilities, my god. The discoveries. The sheer amounts of scientific advancement we could make. We have to have him. We cannot allow we must draft him into our boat. What did I just what did I just find? Stepping out of the foliage, you see a wispy academic 
long flowing robes, uh, kind of like these folds of lavender, purplish red and red embroidery, all these stitching is quite ornate. He steps out of the jungle completely out of place and starts making their way directly towards Zerdos. Hello there. He cast create bonfire in in front of him, so he stops. We don't have time for this. What are you doing? He's just starting to step around the bonfire. Zerdos, Zerdos, we need your help. Who needs my help? Society, and he starts reaching out towards you, Zerdos. Which society? The Society of Academia. No time to explain. Come with me. Uh, check his person for any mar- uh, symbols I might recognize. There are all sorts of ornate. It's just all sorts of uh, symbolic. You're seeing like arcane imagery that you would recognize, but also just more like ornate like you there's clearly no there's no like purpose there's no like magical influence to this stuff it's just like oh no this is just uh this is for looks this is all this is all just for show does he have any like like does he have like a guild seal or something like that anywhere that is among the many seals that he has. You do like, but it's buried. There's so many seals on it. It almost looks like a general that has, like a fake general that has given themselves all sorts of stuffy medals. And at this point, he's like, you're going to have to dodge because he's already reaching out and he's about to touch your belt. My belt? If you're wearing a belt. Oh, yeah. Waist I area. I have my uh, camp counselor trousers somehow. <laughs> oh no <laughs> not the boy scouts <laughs> that would be embarrassing so of course I have a belt and he reaches out and he touches your belt and as he does so you see this vine come down out of the sky whoosh, wrap around your waist entwining your belt and he does the same thing to all three of you oh uh, okay dexterity. If you would like to dodge, you can make a dexterity save. Alright. I will make a dexterity. (laughs) I will attempt. That's a four. (laughs) Ooh. Oh no. Uh oh. Oh, slash R, right? Slash R, space, then roll 1d20. And then I add my, and then I add my dex, right? You? Yes. That went wrong. 17. 17? Yep. It's not bad. And so he's going to touch himself, and you see the same vine creep down from the sky, and he's starting to like run around, chasing you specifically, Orm. The other two of your companions, you see them just... <laughs> Each one of them, they get flattened as... These vines start reeling them up into the sky. You just watch as their their arms get pulled behind them and just start flapping behind them as they're hauled up into the sky. I need you to make a second dexterity saving throw. 
as, oh as this old man is like chasing you around and it's it's kind of inappropriate because he yeah he's also got short shorts on and it's uh this older gentleman in short shorts chasing you around in the jungle now that's a 20 that's a critical fail yeah you, you trip over a rock and he jumps on top of you and then as the last vine comes down each of you are hauled up into the sky you each feel the wind just flapping by you as this extreme speeds just make your eyes water and up into the towering cumulus clouds you breach into a blinding white atop these puffball clouds as you travel thousands of miles in mere seconds and as this moment of like you're floating for a second as these vines continue to just pop and reel you up towards this huge golden city these lights of golden rays crown like a corona this flying city of an enormous green leaves vines dangle into the clouds pumping water that rise up to flow these rivers off the sides of this shimmering rainbow mist these huge gold and red brass buildings poke through these clouds that drift through the city you all are being pulled up into the city, and as you get yanked through this foliage that makes up the bottom of this flying city, you are unceremoniously dumped onto these huge golden roads that twist through this sky city. Did he cast transport via plans by any means? I'll have you know that the secrets of getting to the grass city are... Our secret! You're not allowed to know them. Now there us. Come with me. We, we don't have much time. Well, actually, we have plenty of time, but I like to pretend that we're in a hurry. I'm sorry, did you say the brass city? N- well, not that brass city. That That's on the fire plane. But we, we like to brand ourselves as a, a very important place. Well, you've gone through all this trouble to get me here, so I may as well at least entertain the idea of what you want. That's very important. Well, support to me. So, you're all shooed by this older gentleman up into one of these large golden towers, on top of which sits these huge telescopes. And as you pass through the city, you're walking underneath these crystal domes that point up into the sky and the first thing you notice is that as you're kind of in one of these open areas there are hundreds of planets above you you from the lower part of of chult when you look up into the sky you see clouds and when there is when are there are these openings when there is these there's openings in the clouds you can see the sky and you usually see the moon or the other moon but you're usually not able to see the planets and while you're all recently aware that there have been a little bit of a celestial shift recently you weren't quite aware of just how many planets had just flooded the sky there's hundreds maybe thousands of them and they all seem to be in these perfectly synchronous orbits just dancing around each other up there. And as you're shooed up into one of these towers, you see this enormous articulating telescope above you. And it's it's continuously rotating and 
magnifying in and out, focusing on different different parts of these celestial bodies. And he grabs both of your shoulders, Zardos, and then leads you to this chair. And then sitting you down kind of roughly, he brings the telescope, the eyeglass to your eyes, and then goes about shifting these different knobs and levers. And then you hear these click, 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 click as these different celestial bodies come into focus as you look through the telescope. These are not zeros. These are other planets with civilizations on them. There's so many alien races that need to be cataloged, need to be made contact with, and we need to make sure that they're not hostile. We need to make sure who our allies are, who are friendly. I'm getting ahead of myself. I am from the Academia of Exploration, as Zeros, and... We're making a, a convoy, an, an expedition, a emissary, a, a diplomatic team to head out to these different planets and establish contact and make a federation of planets. And we need you. Uh, you've got the stuff, and uh, we've been looking for You've got the right stuff. We need your help, Zerdos. Show your telling me. Not only... Are we the only life forms in existence? Though that was known from the other planes. But other planets with life forms that need to be documented for the first time. That's quite the case, and I'm uh I'm led to believe that it's mission critical that we get underway as soon as possible. We're not sure which one of these civilizations are entirely civil, if you understand my meaning. We gotta Say make no more. Sure. I'm in. I, I, I kind of thought I'd have to do a little more convincing here. It's, it's, it's important. And uh, you know, I'd yes. say... It is important to the land of anthropology that we study and make peace with these uh, people. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> this is a lot easier than the last time I did this. They they were quite incredulous. They thought this was all a, a big hoax that I was pulling off. Some kind of illusionary about them. Well, happy to have you aboard, Zardo. So thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for allowing me this opportunity. You came highly recommended. By whom, might I ask? Well, uh, obviously, uh, Cobalt Soul is all, uh, came, uh, right, we've been delving through their ranks and trying to bring anyone else that uh, had a appropriate background, but also uh, your reputation as uh, the Strava top student at Strixhaven was also uh, uh, a prime factor of leading you here, and and now I, I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get your friends back to where they were, make sure that, uh, obviously, the business here and resolving the death curse still needs to be done, but... Some matters are more pressing, you understand? Of course, of course. Give me one moment. And then I'll go oh, to this. This was given to me by uh, an ally of ours that perished. He wishes it to be returned home. If I am going to be leaving our planet, I will not be able to. So if you could return it after you're done using it, that would be most helpful. I'm going to give you the immovable rod. This was given oh by God. the dwarf. Nice. You're giving that to a chaotic person. Okay. Um, You're more intelligent than Grok, and 
Unfortunately, Zerdos doesn't know Orin very well. All right. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm gonna put it into a good utility, uh, I guess. It was good to know you, and good to meet you, Orn. Likewise. Uh, okay. Seems I've been called to a greater purpose. You changing character? Uh, out of character? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's like, well, as long as I get down there, I, I should be fine. Blah, 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 blah. Well, very good. I'm glad you all can make your goodbyes, um, each one of you. I want you to know that the, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. we'll be very happy to have your help once you're done ending the death curse, of course. So each one of you take one of these. And he hands each one of you a seed. You see that the seed, it's like the size of an avocado seed. It's completely engraved with these tiny sigils and runes. And as he hands each one of you the seed, the floor opens up underneath you, these perfectly cylindrical holes, and you just get shunted all the way back down through the air. And you're free, you're in free fall. You're falling through <laughs> the sky. It, you just see Taurus like, huh? Good all luck right. on your mission! Like, uh, like that. You just see, like, no, that be at all. You're like, ah! <laughs> So, Orm, Teridus, as you're all in free fall, you see the green coming at you very quickly, and the outline of the coast, the blue and the green, they start to have a lot more detail all of a sudden, and then you're, like, looking around like, um, oh, crap, and then in the last 500 feet, as you're like, oh, man, this is gonna be bad, I'm gonna splat, you feel this tug as one of the vines reaches down from the city, the cloud layer above you, and slowly, like a elongated spring, drifts down, and you are just hear this tension boop, 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 drip and drop you all the way back down to the hill until you land heavily on the ground, and Salida jumps and turns towards you. Where the fuck have you been? What the fuck was that? Who was that old man? Ah, uh, my butt. Don't know. Really uh, don't I, know. I, I really don't know. It seems that Zerador says he did it to fulfill and gave me this uh, improbable rod that I have to give to a certain person. Uh, it would have a note attached to it. Like it uh, what is the just note? Just from Zerados' own markings. Uh, it says to you find it in my own notes. Uh, return to dwarves in the mountains once journey is done. Mountains near Baldur's Gate. Uh, what part of mountain do you... <laughs> There's a dwarven city in the mountains near Baldur's Gate. That is all the information I was given, so that's all the information I have to give. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Realizing this wasn't as detailed as I might like. Okay, so there's no name, just a dwarf in the mountain, and that's it. Yep, a dwarven family. Okay. So Salida, quite perturbed, turns back to this dwarven-looking fellow. <sighs> Alright, dwarf, these are the companions I was discussing earlier. These, dwarf, this is Teridus the Great, this dragonborn fellow here, and Orm. This is a, uh, a humanoid individual. Yes, this... Uh, 
This man right here. Wait, man? Orm, you man? Woman? You wouldn't be able to tell, to be honest, but, I mean, they do carry masculine features, but they're more on the more on the uh, side of androgynous. This here's Orm. Just uh, born. Well, it seems that in, to- in the span of a week, I mean, two new people who get in to get it on to. This is going to be a fucked up week. So, Orm, if you... Uh, excuse me, sorry. So, Dwar, would you like to introduce your character? I mentioned that they're dwarf. What else do they see as they look at... as this individual that Salida is introducing them to? Uh, Dwar is a roughly four and a half foot tall stocky dwarf wearing chainmail that has been altered in a way to look dark silver and then it has circles across the front a red cape and he has like this wild like crazy white blonde hair that sticks past him bright blue eyes and a hammer that he's almost constantly holding in one hand that has uh, like dwarven runes written across the side of it is, is the immovable run is that Tara, is is that something that Tarius has to give you? <laughs> no. It's a different dwarf family. That was from a character that was only able to make it for one session. You, you see you see you and says well, I, I think it's right off to you. <laughs> fucking give you the immovable rod. Will I cannot say it is mine, but I will take it. I guess from your friend, Zerdos. I do not know who that is, but give them my thanks. They said, put it to a mountain dwarf. And you're one. So, here's that. Well, actually, I'm a... I'm a hill dwarf. Oh my god, Teridus, that's so rude. Do you think all dwarves are the same? Yeah? You have a problem with that? Racist! What do you mean, racist? It's just like... They're all dwarf. Legit. Disgusting. I am not just a dwarf, I am the god of thunder. Oh, I got a, a, a giant we have. What? No, it's just... You just say random, uh, not random things, but you believe that, like, because you say you, he comes from thunder and you have a hammer with dwarfy things in your giant. Um. Right, so I was speaking with Dwar and I thought that it'd be very handy. And she's winking heavily, but back at you, Aurum and Teridus, that having a god of thunder with us would be very advantageous to face the dangers of Cholt, so would head and invited them to our party. I think it'd be a good idea for us to all agree that they are the God of Thunder, right? Because it's true. Sure. Exactly. Right. Duh, good, good. Not what the craziest thing then? I've said or done. Wonderful. Follow me this way. She starts, wow, that's much better roll. Knows exactly where to head. Starts leading you directly towards Port Nianzaru. It was quite the tumble. Are any, either of you injured? 
Ah, I don't know my my butt hurt. Did they actually take any damage? No, just 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 said like eat. <laughs> you guys just our pride. Mm. Just the pride landing heavily right in the pride. So you all travel throughout the day, and somehow, Salida, knowing the path well and keeping you away from any problematic areas, guides you away from any potential encounters, and once again, you find yourselves at night, tucking in. Orem, would you once again make a, a hut for the evening? Sure. It's a cantrip, so... Raising up the mud walls, you guys are all afforded some protection from the elements and start to pass the night. Can I make another uh, glass? Uh, sorry, can I make another uh, glass of two gallons? A second flask? Go ahead and roll me another survival check. That's a natural 20. Wow. So not only are you able to make a glass, you're able to add a little bit of filigree. You're able to get like a cool twist to the glass. So it, it's, it looks like a fancy jug. All right. So I have two, I have two flasks of, well, uh, layer. You get two gallons. Is there, um, let me change your name so I don't pronounce Zerdos. Yep, I will do that. Yeah. Uh, Gron gets two gallons, and I got two gallons, and I have an extra one. So the night passes. It's a little bit warmer, maybe bordering on the edge of stuffy, but with the furnace going and the glass crafting going, you all pass a very uneventful evening and as the sun comes up once again salida again is waiting impatiently outside trying to get the move on for the final day of travel uh Duar also gets up early and does some like basic exercises and some stretches like to stay fit do you Duar? well it is good to stay limber keep muscles fresh for anything that could come what are you expecting to come, hmm? Whatever. This is a jungle. There could be many beasties to fight. It'll be fun. Oh, so you enjoy fighting the denizens of the jungle? Well, let me tell you something, Dwar. This isn't fun. This is a real. This isn't a game. You strike me as very serious. You need to limber up. You won't lighten up. Have a good time. Well, well, maybe show me some of your stretches. I know I've been feeling a lot of tension lately. Uh, yeah, let me help. Shall so, we uh, do some stretches? As the morning blues into the rising sun, it's a surprisingly clear day, and you see these rays of sunshine coming through the foliage, and each of you awake to both Dwar and Salida doing these series of shavasanas and yoga poses. Start a little bit of tai chi. A little bit of tai chi, just really in the zen. Total flow. 
And as you all prepare and get your packs on and start trekking into the jungle for the day, most of the day passes. And as the evening stretches on and the night is about to fall on top of you, you see the familiar walls of Port Nianzaru rising up in front of you. The outskirts of the city, the poorer parts of town, stretch out as the hustle and bustle of the town folds out before you, before you reach the large walls that surround Port Nianzaru. You make your way within. So you find yourselves back within the city, the flowing rain catchers spilling out through the fountains of the entire town. You see, once again, these colorful robes and just the entire city, a riot of festivities. You see these huge plants all flowering in just the glory of the jungle. The city is yours. Where would you like to go? Um, I'm going to sell my scalman into a normal shop. Alright, Teratus is making his way over to the armor. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to accomplish while they're in town? Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'm just gonna go to the tavern. Some drinking that needs to be done. That's very, that's uh, in character. Like that. Yep. <laughs> the dwarf, dwarf will drink ale. They, yep, like they, they do that. Yeah, they, they sure do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am going to go to the tavern. Well, I'm going to go to the tavern for to record everything that I've seen and everything that I've witnessed. So as Dwar takes his uh, his mighty ale intake, Orem, you sit there as well, and more of an academic journaling. You detail everything that you've seen, the brass city of the sky, and the... But as well as uh, meeting up with uh, Liara at Fort Belrulian. Quite an interesting adventure so far. I'm glad I was able to assist. I'm curious what else is, what other surprises this adventure has to offer. But has I that... am also looking forward to it. It's a good change of pace from home. Oh, trust me, I can understand that more than you would under more than you'll ever know. I wish to learn all that there is to know. The only issue I have is there's only so many years in life. Perhaps for a mortal. Perhaps. But even God, but from my research, even gods have been known to die from time to time. This is true. Though I hope to continue to record more. I seek to add my knowledge to the Great Requiem, to the Great Compendium, uh. Just gonna kind of like, yep, and just nodding, just not entirely paying attention, just drinking. And what do you extend to find on this wondrous adventure of ours? Just that adventure. I came seeking fun. I heard this was the place to do it. Also, maybe help out the mortals with this death curse thing. Yes, I've been trying to do some research into that, but I've 
haven't turned anything up in preliminary studies, so I'm hoping that this might... It's fascinating, to say the least, and so I am very much hoping that a more in-depth view on this death curse versus an outsider's perspective will be quite enlightening. As the camera pans away from the tavern, we're going to go over to Teratus at the armor, and you come into the shop. Tink, tink, tink. Oh, wait, I have a thing for this. Bing, bing, bing. Ooh. Fancy. Yes, sir. How can I help you? Welcome to Air Armin's Armory. Well, I have, I do have some finest hot. Finest armor, and I, I can show you. Maybe you can tell me your price of the word. Yeah, let me see it. Uh, let me give it a look. Uh, it gives the scale mail. Not bad construction right here. I like the way these links were made. True craftsmanship. Hmm. Tell you what, out here, fetch a fine price. I'll give you five gold for it. Uh, it's worth 50. I don't know why you're telling me it's five. 50? My God. Try to put me out of business. Look, I have to put some kind of markup on this, but 10 times? Is it in perfect condition, or it's like it's corroded a little bit? Rain's corroded a little bit. You can see some parts of it have started to green a bit, but nothing that something like a little buffing can't get out. It's going to take a little bit of labor to get it back up to uh, perfect, but it's cosmetic purely. Mm. What if I give you a spare uh, for at least uh, to make it? I'll get you some mean medals, at least. What do you think? Well, you're sweetening the pot. I like what I'm hearing, but I couldn't possibly do better than six gold. Is this city is renowned for being uh, wealthy about their prices or not? You asking me or the, you asking this guy? This guy. Well, I like to think that we're reasonably priced, but we're quite a ways from any other city, so... Not to say that we're the only game in town, but you know what I mean. Taurus is gonna ask uh, how much he sells for, like, let's say, a breath, a breath, uh, a breastplate. Well, uh, breastplate, uh, full armor, say I probably sell that 25, 30 gold pieces. Brother, <laughs> worth 500. Uh, okay, the uh, it's not that has been poor, poorly designed. Uh, if I give if you give me ten, I'll be happy. Make a persuasion check. Okay. Uh, I should put that more in fucking persuasion. That's a nat one. <laughs> I'm really sorry. You have to understand, I'm gonna have to get the, the pig oil and 
Get the grease on in there. It's gonna take an entire afternoon. I, I really can't do better than, than six gold. Alright, six, six gold. Takes the chain mail from you with a big old grin under his mustache and hands you six gold. Well, is there anything else I can help you out with today? I retrieve this air and... Uh, uh, six gold. Uh, he says, uh, hmm. Nah. Uh. <laughs> Give me a second. Let check something. Um, okay. He's going to give his um, breastplate that he has on him. Oh, another fine specimen. You'd like me to tune this up? Well, you're at twenty-five, right? Well, that's what I sell it for. Sure. It is in perfect condition. Well, I mean, it, it very well may be, but I'm gonna have to clean it. I'm gonna have to get the soap and water out. Get the disgusting dragonborn smell out. Look, uh, fifteen gold. Twenty. Persuasion check. That's the eleven. Eleven? Yeah. Can you beat that? <laughs> Look, uh, and you see his eyebrows get even furrow more bushy, and as they furrow, I'm really sorry. Oh, fifteen is as high as I can go. All right, fifteen. All right, and as uh, his, his grin under his mustache is just getting wider and wider. Inside check. Dude, okay, good. Rolling inside check. Uh. Damn, this guy's rolling high. Damn. 12. 12? Yeah, you you see that he's just happy to be doing business. You see that it is like having a smile on his face as he leaves. Hmm? Alright. 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 Alright, he's going to step up. And, uh... Uh-oh. <laughs> um, where does he put the breastplate? Deep, um, keep an eye on him. And at this part of the market, you've gone to the Grand Souk. This is, for the most part, a open-air market. There are different, like, tents and shrouds and shades that keep the different partitions between the establishments and protect everything from the rain. But it is open because of the extremely sweltering heat. So you are able to see, like, he goes to the back office and... He puts the breastplate down on kind of this, like, expanding workbench that he has all these different projects in the mid part, like halfway completed, and then steps back to the front of the store. All right. As soon as he leaves, um, he's going to go on the street and uh, redo a breastplate cast off. And, huh? uh, for the most part... Um, them you won't you won't not like me uh the breastplate that he gave him vanish 
What? How did you do this? Um, infusion. What's this? So I can craft an item, and if I craft the same item, I get the other disappear. So the best pack disappear. <laughs> Whoops. So you crafting another breastplate. Yep. And the other breastplate disappears. I think that's how it works. If I if if I'm not wrong. I believe it just removes the enchantment from the previous item. It doesn't make a new version. I can I can yeah. Because I had another party member do this. They had turned a bag into a bag of holding. And then they swapped it to a different item. And bad things happened. Yep, yep, that sounds like something that would encourage bad things. Yeah, well, it was bad because they had put the Book of Wild Darkness in the bag of holding. And when it was no longer a bag of holding, uh, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, it vanished. I trapped another breastplate. So you go through Port Nanzaro and you find a forge. And working through the majority of the afternoon, you are able to craft another breastplate. And somewhere in the... Uh, I can craft, craft it, like, on the street. <laughs> I, can, I can literally, like, give myself an hour and have, like, a... A, a, uh, a smith tools for myself right and finding an appropriate workstation you craft the breastplate and somewhere throughout the city somewhere far away you hear hey what the fuck <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a five minute break huh and we're gonna take a five minute break all right I'll do something else after that. He tries to scam me, so I scam him. There you go. I mean, was he just doing business? Was he scamming? Bruh, the breastplate is worth 500 gold. Come on, man. Alright, that is that is quite a distinction between the two. You're, you're probably right. Come on, man. You cannot deny this. You can literally go look at the the PB for fuck's sake, PHB and you can tell how much they cost. What page? I wanted to go. Come on. Say Grim Grim Face? Yeah. Surely, Taradis does the grim face as well. <laughs> oh God! I'm just sad I couldn't do more to help. That that's fine. It, it is Taradis, uh, meaning of uh, of solving problems, and he is not ashamed to do that. And basically, will pretty much get us in trouble in some way. Interesting. Very chaotic, good of you. Thank you. 
scam people, but at least it's for the party, you know? I mean, you scammed a scammer. I don't see anything wrong with that. Oh, yeah. The, the, look, 500 gold for a breastplate, and it gives me 25. Brother, it's, it's like not even 2, it's 2.5% 2 of it. No, it. Uh, is it? No, it's like. Yeah, it's like not even twenty percent. I don't know. All it's I know is that I, I I have a I have a friendly face. I got I got some I got some tricks in my back pocket. Listen, if if we were like in a city awesome. all around I would have played a different character. But Tardis, you have to understand that he wants money for, for so he can build his own shop and sell his product uh, because he wants to be a, uh, a brewer uh, a brewer guy. Okay. And, uh, My king. And, uh, Born, uh, they're just a scholar. You are a scholar? They're a scholar. They seek to learn as much as they can. They're not... How do I put this? They're not from around here. They look human, but it's honestly just a disguise. You're not from you around don't. here, are you? I'll say this. If they were any sites type in a... path, If they were some... I'm referencing Pathfinder in this, but they would technically be a native outsider. Mm. And with psionic abilities. Interesting, but uh, mostly what they—they're mostly just here to study versus actually destroy anything. They—they—they mm. uh, aren't gonna—they—they they aren't gonna try to turn on the party just in the pursuit of knowledge. Like they're—they're they're a casual explorer. They kind of have, as far as like their life goes, they have everything taken care of that they need. But like they're here for fun, to learn as much as they can and accumulate knowledge and add it to the to you know, vast libraries that exist perhaps in this plane, perhaps in others. And yeah. so like Tor, also here for fun. Just me, I'm a different a, kind of fun. Me, I'm a Lorehold lore student, which I graduate. Well, graduated, uh, but he, his parents wanted to be there because he wanted to learn pain and be like a blacksmith, but I think it was more like, oh yeah, I want to be an artificer instead and uh, uh, making like potions uh, out of it uh, to make like some uh, some flask of certain product and uh, give it to people and possibly maybe doing some black mar uh, black market things. Well, I'm sure getting involved in the black market and stealing from blacksmiths will have no consequences. But it sounds like <laughs> everyone's back, so we're going to go ahead and, uh... And war is pretty simple. Democracy will never be defeated. Democracy is non-negotiable. Primary directive. I forgot to refill my water. Do I have time to go do that real quick, DM? Yeah, go get some water. Gonna do a little thing here. All right. The grid. 
all human knowledge at your fingertips. Reach out and grasp your destiny. For it is written in the stars that you and I will rise up to defeat the viruses that threaten to consume us all. And usher in an age of enlightened abundance that will lift us up into unknown heights of glory. Believe in yourself, trust your instincts, and know we have already won. This is simply our victory lap. All right, let's get right. serious. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> that is the wrong song. <laughs> So, you all come back into the city. Yep. Uh, can I do something else? Oh, you got another blacksmith you got a scam? Uh, no. Um, might be uh, going to uh, buy some uh, some plants, actually. Right, I'm back. Welcome back! So you go uh, back to the Grand Sook and go ahead and look around and make a perception check for me as you try and find that same plant merchant. That tried to rip you off that other time. Uh. 21. So, not only do you find the stall where you tried to purchase the fire stocks, you also see that there is an increased patrol presence of these individuals, these warriors carrying these large axes with obsidian blades on them, and they're all. Going around in twos and threes, and you know, sometimes the different parties will meet up with each other and, and talk. They all exchange these pieces of paper, and they'll look at it, point at the paper, and then look around. But you do find the merchant that you were looking for. They're currently examining some of the flyer, the fire flowers, turning them in their hands. They kind of look bored. Uh... Are these seems to be the soldier of the city? Yes. Uh, Taurus is going to wait for them to fuck off. There's a pretty heavy presence in this part of the city. They seem to be... Yeah, they're providing security as... You've seen them before. Like, they just have a general presence to tamp down on the pickpockets and the other, like, swindlers that might come through the Grand Souk. But there is an increased presence of them, and they seem to be on a heightened alert. What is the heightened alert? Mm, you just you just notice that they're on heightened alert. Are they holding some papers to show to the uh, the commoners? They are occasionally stopping some people that are walking through the souk, and they show them the piece of paper that they're all examining. Yes. Uh, stealthily will stealthily look at what the paper is. Give me a stealth check. Uh, let's say I'm going to cast a guy in some of uh, this. Oof, that's <laughs> good. Uh, that's a seven. 
Well, they might roll lower. 18. Hey, there he is right there. Get him. And uh, three of them start running towards you, and a couple of the other group turn their heads. They see you. They see the guards moving towards you, and they start moving in your direction as well. Yeah, you will run away. <laughs> Make an athletics check as you try and weave through the crowd and try and keep ahead of these guards. That is a nine, uh, 19. 19? Yes. I roll an eight, 18 plus guidance that is still up 19. Nice. All right. So you are swimming through this crowd, and as you're about to turn this corner, a huge dinosaur pulling this enormous train of wagons just comes in behind you. You're just able to get in front of it, and you turn behind you, and you see these pursuers get caught behind it like, ah, oh, goddammit, man. And they are like trying to like look for a way to get underneath these huge wheels, but... Thinking better of it because it immediately crushed them flatter than pancake. So yeah, you are able to get a get a good head lead, a head start on these guys as you run away from them. All right, it was circulate to go back to the shop. All right, roll stealth check as you try and double back. Uh, daddy is sixteen. You're directly sneaking underneath the noses of the Tipkin Society. They do not see you at all. All right. Successfully able to get back to the plant shop. All right. I see the guy again. Says, uh, hello there. Nice to meet you again. Yes, how can I help you? Welcome back to my lovely establishment. Hmm. You seem to have some, uh... Hmm... Do you still have some flame lily? Of course I have some flame lily. Same price as before. We said... What do we said? 50 gold each. That wasn't, that wasn't 50 gold each. <laughs> yeah, that's code price. Supply and demand. Have to keep up with the most pressing demand of the markets, you understand. Wasn't like... Five gold each. Well, I uh, had a buyer come through. They wanted a lot. I'm down to my last few lilies. You want to be sure again? I think I can down the guards. Be my guest. Here, I'll get one for you. God! God! You motherfucker. <laughs> One of them starts to turn and start looking around like, well, wh where's that coming from? Yes, God, over here. I'm trying to get a price check. You runs away. <laughs> you retreat back into the city. Go and make a final stealth check as now some of the guards are, are looking in your direction and the other guards are returning back from where you'd run previously. Fucking killing me. Nat 1. Yo, it's a nat 1. Don't roll. <laughs> Don't roll. It's a nat 1. 
So you come around a corner and all those guards that are looking very dejected at having had them having having had you slip they you come around the corner and you bump into them and there's a moment where they're like wait wait and they reach out and they grab you and now you have three guards all trying to grab you at once okay so they put hands on you and they they're not cuffing you, but they are tracking you off. And you see, as they pull you up towards the hill, this huge mansion rising above the other hills of... Yeah, Port Nanziaru here. You are being pulled up to the the Merchant Prince's Villa. All right. And as the camera pans away, and you're kind of like... Uh, struggling and fighting uh, against the guards, like, Hey, guys, whoa, hold on, don't be so hasty. We're going to cutscene back over the bar. At this point, you, both you, Orm, and you, Dwar, you're, you're wondering where your friend went. Dwar's not. <laughs> He's just having a good old time, probably trying to arm wrestle somebody in the bar. Uh, oh, my arm! At one point, after a drink, he's just gonna, like, stand up on a chair. Who would like to arm wrestle the God of Thunder? Test your might against the God. I'll arm wrestle- no, don't, don't arm wrestle. Never mind. Everyone kinda uh, goes about their business. Really? No challengers? Mm-mm-mm. Just gonna point out a, at a random person who looks relatively strong. You, you look strong to test your might. The guy you're pointing at looks around at the other guys that are on the floor rubbing their shoulders and their elbows. Uh, I'm okay. I got work early in the morning. I better get to it, actually. Uh, and he hastily, like, finishes his beer and starts scuttling out of the, out of the bar. Uh, fine. No fun. Better keep another round, please. Right on. Yes, sir. Uh, coming right up, Ed. Pours the drink and slides it down the bar to you. Catch it. Start chugging it. Oh, my God. That's amazing. His tolerance must be incredible. Yeah, I've, I heard you scout thunder, so, you know, you might pay some respect. You be careful that one. And it's about this point that Salida comes through the the saloon doors. God damn it. Dwar, we were supposed to be moving about two hours ago. What have you done here? You're making a goddamn mess. I was just having a bit of fun. Nobody here can match my prowess. And I'll flex a little bit. It's hard for me to argue with that. All right. Uh, but in, in any case, uh, Orm, 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 are you here? There, there you are, Orm. Uh, seems like our friend Terodis is getting in a little bit of trouble. I've heard some uh, unpleasant rumors. Orm? <laughs> is Orm gone? Oh, I'm sorry. I was about ready to look for him myself. I was just about to leave the bar until our newest, uh, until our god of thunder decided to arm wrestle. Well, we're going to have to leave the pleasantries to another time. 
I have discovered the ruined city that you're looking for. It's somewhere up the river Tereth, past Kalahaka, past the Kalahaka Gorge. Supposedly, no one's explored past the gorge, but that's not true. It's just that a few who have made it up there are mostly quiet about it, but I found them now. The city I have on good authority is the ruins are guarded by the Naga, who is both wise and generous. If we're able to make contact with her or them, might be able to find out some more city on this ruined, uh, more information on this ruined city. It was also while I was making contact with my informant that I discovered your friend had gotten on the wrong side of one of the merchant princes. Oh, fun. Indeed. It seems like one of the blacksmiths they, they ripped off was the client of Zantere. She is the nobleman that noble woman that deals with the jewelry, the gems, cloth, and armor of Port Nianzaru. Oh, Oh, she is a noble, and the guy just sold me a 500 gold pieces of fucking armor to 25. Yeah, Who's talking? Shit. Disembodied voice, be gone! <laughs> this motherfucker. In any case, we'll be needing to make our way to the Merchant Princess Villa and establish communication with Santathi. Ask, beg for forgiveness, most likely. And try and get the return of our dearly beloved Teridus. A diplomatic issue. I think I can be of assistance. Hell good, because it's going to be an uphill battle, literally, because they're on top of a hill, and we're in shit creek without a battle. I know it makes you metaphor. The god of thunder will help as well. God of Thunder never hurts. It's always good to bring the thunder. But So. I always do. Grab my hammer off the counter. Give it a twirl. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> flanked by the God of Thunder and Orem, she makes her way out back into the streets, and you guys are guided towards one of these shining hills, on top of which sits a very fancy villa. Oh, damn. That is a quite an interesting map. Or, oh no, we did get there. Yeah, we've seen this map before. Yeah, we've seen this map. So, where are they holding me? I want to see. In the marketplace. <laughs> okay. Wait, that's not the marketplace. This is the yeah, marketplace is the over market- here. Where? Oh, yes. All right. That's the Grand Souk. You got escorted from there up to the Merchant Princess Villa pretty sure that's where you are now. Let me get the map. The map. Isn't that the Seeker's place? Gold Dome? The Gold Dome is something. For the Golden Throne. This place serves as the meeting place for the Merchant Princes. Recognizes the city's loose government. So you guys are in location Ah. You guys are back here. So there's the throne, and then there's the Merchant Prince's Villa, which is directly behind the throne. Ah. The Temple of Savras 
which is the building with all the engraved eyes, is this one here. Uh, gotcha. But rising up through these various series of gates and guards, you, with your established communication of Syndra, rise up into the Grand Sook, and word gets ahead of you, and meeting you in front of the expanding villa, you see a familiar face. Uh, well, you would, but she's actually wearing a mask. You see a familiar figure, and wearing her mask meets you in the front. Uh, well, uh, welcome back. How was your trip up to Fort Belrullian? Well, not all of you at once. She's Who talking. is she talking to exactly? I, I'm speaking to you all, generally, the group. Uh, how was... Uh, wait, I don't recognize you. Uh, actually, I'm only recognizing one of you right now. Jellybean. Jellybean, what's wrong with you? Oh my god! What's wrong? What have you all done to Jellybean? Uh, slime boy has been unresponsive since I met him. I am Dwar Gazdarian. Pleasure to meet you, God of Thunder. Yeah, he's been, he's being signed. By the way, am I am I shackled or it's just like they pulled me over? You are currently in one of the upper rooms with. You're being interrogated by Zentari, one of these oh. merchant princes. So you're not currently you're not currently downstairs yet. They're going to be making their way up to you shortly. Ah, okay. I thought I was there. I was like, wait, I'm confused. I, I was being escorted. No, no. no. And then uh, Syndra goes over to Grok. Grok! My god, you're just drooling leeches. What's wrong with you, Grok? Uh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so she meets you, Dwar, introduces herself. Lovely to meet you, Dwar. I am Syndra Sylvain. I originally commissioned this expedition and I'm glad you were able to successfully retrieve a charter from Board Belrulia. You were able to successfully retrieve a charter, weren't you? Uh, I'll look over at uh, the guide. Cinder gives you the thumbs up. Or, yeah, Salida gives you the thumbs up. Oh, now I'm doing we it. have retrieved a, a charter from this place you speak. Well, fantastic. Uh, one checkbox ticked. Let's go dig our friend out of trouble. Terodus seems to got himself in the thick of it. And she turns and starts guiding you into the Merchant Princess Villa. And this building is quite fancy. You're seeing a private villa in which all six of the Merchant Princes live in. And all of the wealth that they've acquired and lavished upon this establishment really shows through. You are all guided up through this main entryway and these stairs is a double stairway, naturally. And on top of the ceiling and throughout this entryway are all draped in these wildly vivid colors of these huge textile textiles, these reds, these blues, all drift down from the ceiling and gently sway in the breeze that comes through this open villa. You guys come through up into one of these upper levels, and you are escorted into this huge office in which you see Teridus, very securely flanked by, uh, say, a good dozen guards in front of uh, this... Hey. 
in front of this elderly woman who is grinning down at him and lecturing him. It's very important you understand not to deceive individuals who you enter into a bargain. You understand the free market is one of the greatest inventions that humanity has ever come. And in- uh, he's got a cutoff and he's going to use his psionic mind. And he will say, yeah, exactly. When ex- I have this breastplate that is worth 500 gold and sold me for 25, this motherfucker. That is the wonders of the free market. You freely entered a deal with my client. And oh, yeah, your client is worthless, I should say. How can you do some uh, economy there if you're going to get some uh, merchant that cannot sell property their fucking uh, things? She nods over to one of the guards that flanks you, and he immediately smacks you upside the head with the stick of his yatipka. As I was saying, it is important that we uphold the tenets of the free market and honestly deal with one another, even if we are not receiving the kind of deal. Ah, Sindra, welcome. Ah, look, um, Zenthi, this is a little bit of egg on my face. This is a terridus, terridus, Zanthi. This is an individual I've hired to go into the jungle and deal with the death curse. You've hired this individual to deal with the death curse? Are you sure you can rely on someone who's so dishonest as to try and cheat one of my dearly loyal subjects? Look, you know, maybe honesty isn't one of his strong suits, but I assure you he's quite capable. He starts to frame as well. Why did you not arrest him? He's not showing for the proper price. Proper price is oh, a yeah. matter of the beholder and the salesman. You have to understand that it is up to the person who's selling the good in their rightful ownership and possession to determine what they set as a fair price. Oh, yeah. if a short, a short price, I should say. Come on, you're not going to deny me that a breastplate, something that is worth mostly 500 golds, cannot be settled at 25. If you said that you have a green economy, you should be expected to have some higher price for selling them as well as for the customer and also the seller. Make a charisma check with disadvantage. Aw, oh, come on. <laughs> That is a seven. Uh, wait, wait, wait. That is a eight. I'm very much apologize. I am going to believe that this individual need to be made an example of. And she again nods at the at the guards, and you see them lift up Teridus by the arms. And it does take like three or four of these guards to move the dragonborn, and they start shoveling him into a very small cage like the cage is about four feet high and maybe three foot wide and they shove him inside of this bamboo cage and start raising him on some of these ropes that pull Teridus out onto the balcony and then lift him up 
and you see that there are all of these other cages out there on the balcony. And on each cage, you see the there are these signs. In one of the cages, there's a tabaxi. In another cage, there is a human. In another cage, there is a yuan-ti. And there's uh, these signs that say thief or beggar. Or there, are, each one of them is labeled. And as Teradis is lifted up into the air, she takes a scrawled sign up from her desk and puts cheat up on Teradis's cage as he begins to sway inside of the rain. Santi, darling, this is really important that. We deal with the death curse. It's a very pressing need that, in, I mean, it affects us all. We need to make sure that this is being addressed by, I mean, look, the terrorist wasn't my first choice either, but the first party that I sent into the jungle, I lost contact with a few weeks back. And maybe, I hate to say I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but these are the best individuals I have for the job. Well. There are plenty of other individuals here in Port Nyanzaru that I'm sure would be happy for you to be hiring them. I suggest you seek out one of them. Ah, and you have me now. God of Thunder, I will do it very well. See? See? There? Come, come now, Syndra. You couldn't ask for better than the God of Thunder. What more could you ask for? Um. Ah, jeez. However, I do see the Dragonborn being useful. Their breath weapons are quite powerful, so if you could release him onto my service, I will make sure that he is properly disciplined upon the travels. I'm just like, 25 gold for a breastplate? What? See? I have for. That would make a beggar laugh. No, this is horseshit. This is horseshit. I demand justice. I mean, he's selling for I 25 don't. and buying for 15, so like, I feel like it's relatively fair for this market. Like for I said, it makes, market. A, it Bro, makes a beggar the, laugh. Wait, the fact that they said that they're doing is the biggest market on Schultz, it's like, okay, what about the others? They're going to sell me for five silver? Yes. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like, no wonder this community's horseshit. doing so well. That is, that is horseshit. Quiet, you. And she takes a stick up, a pointed stick up off the balcony and starts poking, poking you, Teradis. Just release. Just release. He's going to bag the stick if it, if it got in use. <laughs> or uh, she turns back to you and she is like, look, I don't believe that he was going to actually sell the breastplate for 25 gold. I think that was just... A very effective negotiating strategy, and he did make the deal in good faith. He did upkeep his end of the bargain. It's not my fault that this individual decided to swindle and try and use magic deception to go back on a deal that was come to in good faith. Wow, he was totally trying to scam me, but okay. Poke, poke. And... Well, I mean, look at it this way. If he's willing to scam any customer that walks on the street, imagine what he's willing to do to his oh-so-wondrous benefactor. 
She snaps and uh, nods to one of her accountants and... Actually, yes, that's a good point. I'll make sure to go through the books and make sure he's keeping with his tribute to his dear matron. Hadn't thought of that. Very good point, Orm. Though, I do... Well, I do suspect that he wouldn't be the only one. And I mean, if they're selling for so low, I mean... Price may be in the eye of the beholder, but you are a free market operating what I am assuming is across the realms. Oh, I'm sure you so. don't want to. I'm sure you don't want to make a loss. Never. Yeah. Oh God! And she yeah. gasps. She's li- literally looks like she's seen a ghost. <gasps> I, uh, I try not to say a loss. <gasps> Tried to banish least, that word. Can we consider this man as a? A teaching tool. He has. I'm sure he has learned his lesson, and I am very sure that uh, our friendly merchant will be pulling a second stunt, so long as he keeps his record clean. Hmm. I can take. I vouch for his. I vouch for his honor and code, and will hold him personally responsible if he tries it again. He will not leave my sight. You have my word. I like you. You're. Remind me of someone. I. All right. Cut him down. And you see one of the guards take their obsidian axe and whoosh, cuts these vine ropes that are holding uh, holding Teratus up. And he crashes to the floor and the bamboo splinters apart. All and right. It's like, it's like, like, like still hanging outside and he falls to the ground outside or do they bring him back in first? Okay, we like this. Now I'm going to t- and I'm going to turn to the Dragonborn and say, "I hope you've learned a valuable lesson from your little outing, because it will it, not it will, be happening again, now will it?" It will. It will. Oops. It will do his body thing. I say, "Lesson: A fucking breastplate. When you five. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs> I am going to telepathically go into his mind and say. It will not happen again. Say yes, nod, <laughs> bow, and be thankful they aren't going. They haven't chopped you up yet. <laughs> you, you just hear the grunts in his head and say, Yeah, yeah, fine. I won't do it. Good. Then we are having a court. Thank you. Of course, of course. And yes, yeah, so the. The guards pulled him in over the balcony, so he did come and crash in onto the balcony. So you all are back together, and Xanthi, she is, she has a bemused look on her face, and she goes over to Syndra, and giving her a deep hug. She like pulls her in and gives her a tight hug. All right. Since you all are dealing with the death curse, I, I've skinned the game. Talk to, talk to Shinra here. She'll outfit you with anything that you need on your expedition deeper into Chult. Also, if you would be so inclined. <laughs> Akina Ae, she is the individual who deals with canoes. She'll be able to make sure that you have something that that is worthy of dealing deeper into the waters of Chult. 
she can outfit you on your way out of the city and make sure that you tell her of any needs and let her know that Xanthi is paying for all expenses. We may have gotten off to the wrong foot, but I believe that your expedition is important, and I wish you the best of luck. And you? She looks back to you, Teradus. Yeah, you want my photo? Oh, we have your likeness. Stay out of the Grand Souk, if you know it's good for you. I yeah, will endeavor okay. to ensure he does. Wonderful. I must return to business, and I will be making a follow-up with the individual in question. This blacksmith seems to be... He made some good points. I need to check on his numbers. Yeah, checking very well. I'm always happy leave. to help. As he leave. Disrespect the woman. She oh, imperiously. Well, disrespectful voice, I should say. Not like putting the middle finger, just disrespecting voice. Rolling her eyes, she holds her head up high, readjusting some of the apparel. She has these wraps around some of the some of the parts of her neck and shoulder. She adjusts those as she moves back out into the villa. And disappears. Syndra <sighs> exhales a deep breath. Teradus, you're making my job very difficult here. I hope this isn't another diplomatic blunder that I have to pull you out of. Listen, I made my point. It is worth five hundred gold. I was trying to. I was trying to see if it was scamming me because I sold my scale mail. For six fucking gold. It is worth 50. All right, all right, all right. And she starts leading the entire party out towards the courtyard where you hear these crack, pop. And you see this very strong gladiator. She is going through a series of different forms against a dummy. And there are these different students lined up around her. All right, so if you see if coming around in a half-crescent moon to an upward strike here, and she comes around like lightning and like a flash cuts off the dummy's head, that's one of the Fusavasanas and forms that you can see has to be a very striking effect. Ah, Sintra. And the woman that's been leading you, your patron, comes into another embrace with this other gladiator and taking her in hand you see Ekin Alpha step back Ekin expedition party here is going to be needed to be outfitted with all the things they'll need to explore deeper into Chult as well as I think one, two, at least a pair of canoes to get them deeper up the river Heading up the river, are they? All right, I think that's something we can outfit them with. Where are they headed? Well, they'll be looking for a moo. A cow? <laughs> no, n- not an animal that says omu. Omu the city. I, you know, Terrence, I really thought you had been paying it better attention. Christian, you, you didn't pronounce the O. I... My ears is not quite well from the bamboo cage that I got from. All right. Yeah. And 
going over to Jellybean. She like rifles around inside him until she pulls out the map. Unfolding the map, she, with her fingers, traces the river Tierki, or Tier Tieri Tieriki Tierik Tierik probably Tierik, <laughs> and up the river Tierik, you see that the river starts to get a little fuzzier. You're seeing that there are a couple of camps. You're seeing camp. Vengeance that still has a pretty solid circle to it. And then just below that, still closer to Port Nianzaru, you're seeing Camp Righteous, which has an X through it. And then past Camp Vengeance, you're seeing the sprawling marshland that comes out deeper into the jungle. And from there, the map loses detail. There's a huge mountain range that's labeled as the Flaming Mountains. Peaks of Flame. But other than that, the map still still needs to be filled in quite a bit. Alright. This is your destination so far. We know that you need to go at least this far inland in search of the lost city of Omu. That's, that's quite a ways... To get them, do you think they'll be all right? This crew seems to be rather scrappy, Syndra. Do not question the God of Thunder. I will see them through. Uh, let's not question the God of Thunder. He, he can see them through. And the uh, eyebrow raisiest of eyebrow raises gets uh, addressed as you all as the badass gladiator appraises your group. Well, uh, I'll get them outfitted, but uh, I gotta say, Syndra, this is not looking as promising as the last expedition you sent out. Don't worry, we are professionals. This offense will be taken personally, and I was going to compliment your form. Mm. Yeah, as, uh, this moment of outfitting and uh, excitement building tension in the port of Nyanzaru? I think that's where we're going to leave it this week. <laughs> oh my god. That was a fun session for Tower of This. I'm just happy good. I made myself useful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Diplomacy. Oh. All right. Thank you all very much for playing. Good night. Good night. Good night. Will the circle be unbroken by and by, by and by? Is a better home awaiting in the sky, in the sky?